What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Malari. So the NFL Draft is just four days away. I'm going to give my first full mock draft, which I've been meaning to do now for about a week or two now. I'm just going to give you all my picks for my mock draft 1.0, and then later on this week on my radio show on Tuesday, or maybe on Thursday, even on draft day, I'm going to do another mock draft with the whole updated first round. There's 31 picks in the first round, so I'll give it a whole updated first 31 picks in the NFL Draft with insight into what's going on over the past few weeks. These picks I'm going to give you today are what I was thinking was going to be the top 31 picks at the beginning of April. So we will see what happens, obviously, when the draft comes on Thursday. I'll give another updated mock draft, as I said, right before the draft, whether it's on Tuesday night during my radio show or even on Thursday before the draft. So let me start out with the first overall picture. I already gave the top five picks on my radio show, but I'm just going to run back over them again. First overall, I have C.J. Stroud, Ohio State quarterback, 6'3", 215-pound quarterback, going to the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers have had a ton of quarterbacks over the past few years, and none of them really were the answer. Cam Newton, Sam Donald, P.J. Walker, Matt Corral, who they drafted last year, Baker Mayfield. I think they're going for their guy in this draft with the first overall pick. I think they have no option but to go quarterback. You don't trade the ninth overall pick. A second-round pick in this year's draft, a first-round pick in next year's draft, and a second-round pick in 2025, and DJ Moore for the first overall pick if you're not going to get a quarterback. They have the ninth pick and a second-round pick in this year's draft. They gave their first-round pick in next year's draft, which is 2024, and then gave up a 2025 second-round pick along with DJ Moore to land the first overall pick. I think they have to go for their guy. I think Stroud is the best quarterback in this draft out of the guys that are projected to go top 5 to 10. He's my favorite one of them all between Bryce Young, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, and C.J. Stroud. I think Stroud's the best one of those four. There's some other quarterbacks I like in this year's draft that won't go top 10 that are a little bit under the radar, whether it's because of an injury or just, you know, they're not a first-round talent to most GM's eyes. But there's a couple quarterbacks that I'm a fan of more than C.J. Stroud. I think Stroud's the best one out of the guys that are going to go in the top 10 to 15. So I got Stroud going first overall. He's good mobility, not going to run really too much, but he can move around in the pocket, has a really great arm as well. 41 touchdowns of six picks this year. Also last year, had 44 touchdowns of six picks in 2021. So obviously he's a big play threat with his arm. I have him going first overall to Carolina. Next up with the Houston Texans with the second overall pick. They were 3-13 and one last year. I think they have to go quarterback. I think they're going to go with Bryce Young, a quarterback out of Alabama. He's only 5'10". Very good arm, though. Talented player. Size, obviously, is a question mark, but overall, he is a great playmaker, and that's why I think he can go second overall. 32 touchdowns to five interceptions this past year with a 64.5% completion percentage. Also adding in 47 touchdowns to seven interceptions in 2021. Played three less games this past year than he did in 2021, so obviously the touchdowns are a little bit down. 32 versus 47, so 47 in 2021, 32 in 2022. I think the Texans are going to go quarterback here, even though there have been some reports that they could not go quarterback here and even trade down, potentially. They have a ton of draft capital. They have the second overall pick, the 12th pick, and the 33rd pick. So there is a chance they do go with another player at this pick, but I think you've got to go with the quarterback. And I did see a report about two weeks ago whenever I was chefing up this whole entire mock draft that they could... Indeed, wait for a quarterback at the 12th overall pick and even trade up from 12, maybe go up to 8 or 9 from that pick to get a quarterback. Davis Mills is their quarterback right now. He's all right. He was a third-round pick in 2021. I do think, though, at the end of the day, you got to go get your guy. And I don't think, especially considering where this team's going, 
I think you got to go get a quarterback. For the rebuilding, you've got to rebuild around a quarterback, especially one that you believe in. I'm not sure Davis Mills is the answer. Even though I like Davis Mills, I'm not sure he is the guaranteed answer. Arizona has the third overall pick. They're 4-13 last year. I have them taking an edge rusher, Will Anderson from Alabama. Could be another potential trade down here with the third overall pick. He's an athletic and strong pass rusher, 6'4", 253 pounds. Explosive speed off the line. Contributes heavily in the run game as well. Probably needs to add another move or two to his arsenal to improve at the next level, but had a very productive college career at Alabama, 17 and a half sacks in 2021, added in 12 sacks in 2022, had 31 tackles for a loss in 2021. Ridiculous athlete overall. Had a pick six this past year and also added in 36 quarterback hurries and 59 total pressures in 2022 to go along with his pick six and 12 sacks. Very good player. I think he's the best defensive player in this draft. I have him going third overall to Arizona. With the fourth overall pick, I have the Indianapolis Colts taking Will Levis, a quarterback out of Kentucky. The Colts this past year were 4-12-1 with Matt Ryan and Nick Foles as their quarterbacks. I think they have to go get a quarterback with this fourth overall pick. They've really been taking swings on guys since Andrew Luck's retirement, including Jacoby Brissett, Brian Hoyer, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Nick Foles. Between Rivers, Wentz, and Ryan, all three of them came in with expectations to be on a winning team and try to get them over the, the next level, obviously, and bring them to a Super Bowl, at least be a contender in the AFC. And none of those three quarterbacks really worked out. All three, Ryan, Rivers, Wentz, were only with Indianapolis for just one season as a starter. So I think they have to go get a quarterback for the future. And what I've read in the past is that they do like Will Levis, quarterback out of Kentucky. He has moved up a lot of draft boards over the last month or two. He had 19 touchdowns, attended deceptions in 2022. Adding in nine rushing touchdowns in 2021, though, so he does have a little bit of speed and can use his legs. Has good speed in the open field. Natural arm strength as well. Obviously, in today's day in the NFL, it's trending towards quarterbacks that are mobile and also have strong arms. That's what we have to be in today's day. You have to be a dual-threat quarterback. Pocket passing quarterbacks really aren't a thing as much in the NFL anymore as it used to be 10 years ago from now when Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Eli Manning and Phil Rivers were in their heydays. Now you need to be able to move in the pocket and move around like a Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Daniel Jones or Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert or Jalen Hurts. You have to be able to move around in the pocket. If you're not going to scramble, that's fine, but at least move around and have some mobility. And that's what Levis has been able to show, that he's able to do all of those things. I'm not as high on him as most people are. I don't think he's going to be as great as most people or, or as what most scouts see him being within the next two to three years i guess we'll see what happens there but i do think the colts need to go get a quarterback and out of the two that are in conversation to be top 10 picks left between levis and richardson at this point i think levis is better a better option than richardson here with the fourth overall pick so i have the colts going with levis here at four overall with the fifth overall pick is the denver broncos pick which is owned by the seattle seahawks denver traded this pick in the trade last year where Russell Wilson was traded from Seattle to Denver. So Seattle has the fifth overall pick here. I have them take a defensive lineman, Jalen Carter, out of Georgia. Off the field issues could cause him to fall even further down draft boards. Had three sacks, seven tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, and three passes defended this year. Very strong and aggressive defensive lineman, premier talent, but obviously his legal situation comes with the cost, and I'm not sure if he's going to even be a top five pick. Obviously very talented player, but what you do off the field does affect what you can do on the field. And at the end of the day, some teams are going to say, we're going to stay away from that and not bring any issues into our locker room. So we will see what happens with Connor in the draft. I haven't gone fifth overall to Seattle. With the sixth overall pick, the Detroit Lions own the L.A. Rams pick. The L.A. Rams are 5-12 this past year. They do own the Lions' first-round pick in this year's draft due to that Jared Goff-Matt Stafford trade. I have the Lions taking cornerback Christian Gonzalez. 
a cornerback out of Oregon. They traded Jeff Okuda a couple weeks ago now to the Atlanta Falcons for a 2023 fifth-round pick. Jeff Okuda, former third overall pick in the NFL draft. Quick hook for the Detroit Lions. They needed help in the secondary anyway, so I had them taking a cornerback with this pick, even if Jeff Okuda was still a Lion. I had them taking Gonzalez, a cornerback out of Oregon, 6'1", 197-pound defensive back. He had a drastic improvement over the last few years. Great in pass coverage, 79.3 quarterback rating when targeted. That's not an elite stat, but there's definitely some good upside there, and it was better than what he was doing two years ago. He could tackle well, which DBs need to do in the NFL in today's game. In 12 games this past year, he had 45 tackles, adding in six pass breakups and four interceptions, which is very impressive. Obviously very productive defensive back, and I think the Lions need help in their secondary, so I have them taking him with the sixth overall pick. The Lions also added in C.J. Gardner-Johnson to their secondary on a one-year $8 million deal. Gardner-Johnson was very good for the Eagles this past year who lost in the Super Bowl. Being reason they got to the Super Bowl, he was great for them in their secondary. He's now with the Detroit Lions, so I have them bolstering their defense even more and picking up Gonzalez at six overall. With the seventh overall pick, it is the Las Vegas Raiders, who were 6-11 and 11 this past year. I have them taking Devin Witherspoon, a cornerback from Illinois. They've swung and missed consistently at first-round picks year in and year out. They need to hit a good pick at once and I think this is the year they could do it I think this is the year that changes the better for the Raiders at least I hope so with a spoon a six foot 181 pound cornerback who in his career allowed just a 44 quarterback rating when targeted he also added in 32 tackles this past year adding in 14 pass breakups which is very impressive three deceptions and overall this past season allowed a quarterback rating when targeted of just 24.6 a QBR of 24.6 when he's in coverage and targeted, which is elite. I have the Raiders taking him here. The Raiders have struggled for years in the secondary. They've drafted three defensive backs in the first round since 2016. None of them worked out. In 2016, they took Kyle Joseph with the 14th overall pick out of West Virginia. That didn't work out. Gary and Conley, 2017, they took him with the 24th overall pick. Conley came out of Ohio State. Neither one of those defensive backs really worked out for them. Then in 2018, this was one of their only good first-round picks over the last six or seven years or so. They took Colton Miller, a tackle out of UCLA. He was a good draft pick with a 15th overall selection. In 2019, they took Cleland Farrell with the fourth overall pick, a defensive end out of Clemson. That didn't work out. With the 24th overall pick, they had one of their better picks over the last seven years. Josh Jacobs, 24th pick, a running back out of Alabama in 2019, they took him. Then in 2019, they also took Jonathan Abram, a safety out of Mississippi State, with the 27th overall pick. That didn't work out, so another DB that didn't work out. Joseph, Conley, Abram. And then in 2020, with the 12th overall pick, they took Henry Ruggs, a wide receiver out of Alabama, with the 12th overall selection. That didn't work out. With the 19th overall pick in that same draft in 2020, they took Damon Arnett, a cornerback out of Ohio State. That didn't work out. So let's just run over the defensive backs that didn't work out. Joseph in 2016, Conley in 2017, Abram in 2019, and then Arnett in 2020. Then in 2021, they took a tackle out of Alabama, Alex Leatherwood, with the 17th overall selection, and that didn't work out. All these selections since 2016 were misses, besides Josh Jacobs and Colton Miller. Miller just signed an extension this offseason, three years, $54 million. But from 2019 to 2021, the Raiders cut their first-round pick in 2021 in Alex Leatherwood. They cut their first-round pick in 2020 in Henry Ruggs. They cut their other first-round pick in 2020 in Damon Arnett. They declined the fifth-year option on Cleveland Farrell, who was the former fourth overall pick. He just signed with the San Francisco 49ers. 
They also declined the fifth-year option on Josh Jacobs. They did give him the franchise tag, though. And they also declined the fifth-year option on Jonathan Abram, who they ended up cutting in November of 2022. The Silver and Blacks' last six selections in the first round have had either their first-year option declined or are no longer with the team, even though Colton Miller did get an extension. And also Josh Jacobs did end up getting the franchise tag. Besides that, all of these picks are misses. I think if you look at what this Raiders team needs, I think they need defensive help. They just added Jimmy G on a three-year, $72.5 million deal. I don't think they really need a quarterback now since they got Garoppolo. Serviceable for the next couple of years. And obviously, Josh McDaniels has a relationship with him from New England. They moved on from Derek Carr. Still have the best wide receiver in the NFL, in my eyes, in Devontae Adams. They did trade Darren Waller to the Giants, so that's really a breakdown of the whole offseason. I do think they need to go defense here. I have them taking Witherspoon, a cornerback out of Illinois here with the seventh overall selection. With the eighth overall pick, the Atlanta Falcons are taking Paris Johnson Jr., a tackle out of Ohio State. The Falcons were 7-10 last year in a weak division. They're really not too far off from where the rest of the division stands. Maybe a couple good draft picks and a, one good offseason. They could be right there in the thick of things. I had them taking Johnson Jr. here, a tackle out of Ohio State, 6'6", 313-pound offensive tackle. In 2022, as a junior, Johnson was a left tackle where he saw 12 games of action. was very good, only gave up nine quarterback hurries on the year, giving up no quarterback hits and only two sacks while playing left tackle. Plays through every block, has a great deal of power with his first jab. Only played one year of tackle, which could be a worry, but Atlanta needs help in the offensive line. I have them taking him here with the eighth overall pick. As for what Atlanta did this offseason, they released quarterback Marcus Mariota to save cap space. They added Taylor Heineke, a quarterback from Washington. He's now, they projected, started with Desmond Ritter. Who knows who will win that battle? I think Ritter probably has him now is their starting quarterback. They signed Calais Campbell, and they also signed former BC guard and former first-round pick of theirs to a five-year, $105 million extension, and that is Chris Lindstrom getting a five-year, $105 million extension. The deal actually is now the most money ever guaranteed for an offensive guard in NFL history. Also has the highest average per year salary of any guard in NFL history. Quentin Nelson was the former leader in that with $20 million per year from the Indianapolis Colts. And now first overall is from a BC guard, Chris Lindstrom, getting $21 million per year. With the next selection is the ninth overall pick, and the Chicago Bears have that pick after trading down with the Carolina Panthers. The Bears last year were 3-14. They have a lot of holes to fill. I have them taking an edge rusher, Tyree Wilson, out of Texas Tech. The Bears traded Roquan Smith to Baltimore midseason last year for a second round and a fifth round pick. They do need help pass rushing wise and honestly overall everywhere on defense. And I think they could go offensive line with this pick to try to help out Justin Fields and protect him. But I think with Tyree Wilson still there at nine overall, I think they're going to go try to bolster their pass rush. Wilson, a six foot six, 271 pound edge rusher. Big frame, probably the biggest frame and size of any edge rusher in this year's draft. Had 37 tackles this past year. Also adding in 50 total pressures and 32 quarterback hurries. He had 10 quarterback hits and also eight sacks this past season, which is a very good season for an edge rusher in college football. Very physical, does not really miss too many tackles. Great first step, but definitely needs to add more to his pass rush arsenal at the next level. I have him going ninth overall to Chicago, and that's Tyree Wilson at edge rush out of Texas Tech. With the 10th overall pick, I have the Philadelphia Eagles, who own this pick from the New Orleans Saints. The Saints were 7-10 this past year, and this pick is owned by Philadelphia. I have Philadelphia taking an edge rusher out of Clemson, and that is and that is Miles Murphy, a very athletic pass rusher junior this past year for the Tigers defense. He had 23 tackles, adding in 34 quarterback pressures, 21 quarterback hurries, 
and seven quarterback hits with also six sacks on the air. So very productive season for Murphy in the defensive front for Clemson. And if you look at what the Eagles did this offseason, they lost a lot of defenders in free agency. Obviously, coming off a Super Bowl loss, there's going to be guys that are going to leave and go make some money elsewhere because they were on a very good team this past year and they contributed to the Eagles making the Super Bowl. So there's some guys that got big deals, including Javon Hargrove, got a four-year, $84 million deal from the San Francisco 49ers. He had 11 sacks this past year for the Eagles. The Eagles also lost Marcus Epps, a safety. They lost another safety in C.J. Gardner-Johnson to the Detroit Lions. They lost their linebacker, T.J. Edwards. So there were several starters on the defense this past offseason. I think they're going to go get an edge rush here with the 10th overall pick. They did bring back James Bradbury and Darius Slay, so they don't need to go cornerback here, which which was what I was originally thinking when they originally cut Darius Slay. They ended up bringing him back on a smaller deal. They re-signed James Bradbury as well. They could go offensive line here. They could even take a running back in Bijan Robinson here with the 10th overall pick. We will see what Philadelphia chooses to do. I have him going at the edge rush or out of Clemson here, and that is an edge rusher named Miles Murphy. As I said, the Eagles could go Bijan Robinson here with the 10th overall pick. They did just sign Rashad Penny, though, this past offseason, so I'm not sure they're going to go running back with the 10th overall pick. But but that's the luxury of being a team that was runner-up in the Super Bowl and also is very deep and has a lot of talent everywhere on both sides of the ball. You can take a running back with a 10th overall pick, and it's not that big of a reach because you're really just filling needs now just getting the best player available. It's not like you, know, you have the first overall pick and you're taking a running back when you need a quarterback. You know, you can take whatever you need in this year's draft, whether it's a tackle, cornerback, running back, trade down and get another edge rusher later on. I mean, you could go a million ways with this Eagles pick. They did sign Rashad Penny, and I think Rashad Penny is one of the most underrated running backs in all of football when he's fully healthy. Very explosive back, has a lot of talent. Obviously, he's put up some good offensive numbers in Seattle when he's been able to get the bell cow carries and also when he's fully healthy. He's averaged the most yards in football after contact, 4.6, and the most rushing yards over expected among running backs since 2021 with a minimum of 100 carries. So he averages the most yards after contact, which is 4.6, and also the most rushing yards over expected, which he had a plus 1.8 there among running backs since 2021. So he's number one in yards per carry in the NFL since 2021 at 6.2 yards per carry. He's number one in yards per carry after contact at 4.6 yards after contact per carry, which is number one in the NFL, which is very impressive since 2021. He's fourth in rushing yards over expected, which is plus 317 rushing yards over expected, fourth best overall in the NFL. And then if you look at rushing yards over expectation per carry, he's a plus 1.8, which is number one in the NFL since 2021. So I think the Eagles can hold put here and not go with a running back. But if they were to go to get B. John Robinson with the 10th overall pick, they're getting one of the most talented players in the entire draft. One of my favorite players in this year's draft as well. With the 11th overall pick, I actually have a trade down here, which I don't do very often, but I have the Washington Commanders trading up here and making a trade to take the Tennessee Titans' 11th overall pick. The Titans this past year were 7-10. They do have a lot of holes to fill. I have them trading down with Washington. Washington this past year was 8-8-1. Eight, eight, I have them sending, which I'm not sure this would be the package for, a first-round pick trade-up in this year's draft. Besides Carolina trading up with the Chicago Bears, there haven't been any other trade-ups, so it's hard to really see what a valuable trade is in this year's draft for a potential trade-up. I have Washington sending the 16th overall pick, the 47th overall pick, a 2024 third-round pick, 
in exchange for the 11th overall selection in this year's draft and the 186th pick in this year's draft as well. So Washington sending the 16th and 47th picks in this year's draft and then a 2024 third round pick. And then I have Tennessee receiving those three picks, the 16th, 47th, and a 2024 third round pick. And I have Tennessee sending the 11th overall pick and the 186th pick in this year's draft in exchange for that trade up. I have Washington selecting quarterback Anthony Richardson out of Florida here with the 11th overall selection. I think if you look at Washington, that's another team that's had a quarterback carousel like Carolina, like Indianapolis. Quarterback carousel over the past few years, including Dwayne Haskins, who they took in the first round of 2019. God bless Dwayne Haskins. I was a big fan of him coming out of the draft. Then they also have had Taylor Heineke, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Sam Howell they took in last year's draft, and then also Carson Wentz they made a move for last year, and they've obviously moved on from him now. So that's a quarterback carousel between Heineke, Haskins, Fitzpatrick, Howell, and Wentz. I think they're going to look for a quarterback of the future in this year's draft, and that could be potentially their pick with the 11th overall selection if they were to trade up, and that's Anthony Richardson. Richardson, I think he's a little bit overrated. I feel like he still will be drafted very early because of the upside as a dual threat quarterback. Very good athlete, a ton of upside, as I said. As a junior this past year, 2022, he played 12 games for Florida, had 2,553 passing yards, had just a completion percentage, though, of 53%. 53%, that's definitely a worry. Not a very accurate quarterback. Had 17 passing touchdowns, was second away 13 times, very elusive quarterback, gets rid of the ball when he has to. Added in a quarterback rating of 84.3 this past year. And on the ground, he had 97 carries and 9 total touchdowns and 713 rushing yards, which is very impressive, averaging 7.4 yards per carry, which is very good. Obviously, a dual threat quarterback, and that's what you need in the NFL in today's day. You need a quarterback that can move around. Like I made a point earlier when I was talking about Will Levis, not the most well-rounded quarterback on the ground, but he can move a little bit in the pocket and move around and scramble, and that's what you need in a quarterback in today's day. I do feel like Richardson's a little overrated. He does have a ton of athleticism, though, with a very strong arm. Not the best with the decision-making, and obviously he's not accurate, which is definitely a concern. There are guys that haven't been accurate in college, and they end up going to the NFL and getting better with better coaching and obviously adjusting to what they need to with film. And, and a great example of that is Josh Allen, was kind of a raw prospect coming out of Wyoming, ended up working hot in the NFL, watching film, trying to get more accurate, making safer passes for the first year or two, and then learning how to throw better into windows, end up becoming a very accurate quarterback now in the NFL. So we'll see if Richardson could follow the same path that Josh Allen did. Josh Allen obviously had to work a ton, watch all the film, see a lot of coverages, make mistakes. You have to make mistakes, obviously, to get better. So we see what happens with Richardson. I think if you look at the trade-up here, you typically have to give at least a first-round pick in the first round to move up. So we'll see what the cost is in this year's draft, but that's what I have as the 11th overall pick with the Tennessee Titans trading down with the Washington Commanders trading up to take Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Now the Houston Texans have the 12th overall pick, and this is via the Cleveland Browns. With This is a pick now from the Deshaun Watson trade, and with that 12th overall pick, I have the Houston Texans taking Jackson Smith and Jigba, a wide receiver at Ohio State. In my mock draft here, I'm pairing Bryce Young with Jackson Smith and Jigba. JSN, a very talented wide receiver. I think this could even be a Burrow and Jamar Chase connection, even though Burrow and Chase were teammates in college and Bryce Young and Jackson Smith and Jigba were not. I think it could be a young quarterback wide receiver duo that's going to work in today's NFL. The 12th overall pick is the same pick where Jamison Williams, a wide receiver at Alabama, was drafted last year. Williams was coming off an injury, was still selected 12th overall by Detroit. 
So I'm not sure if Houston will be afraid of the injury. I think they're just going to go based off of talent and potential. This past year, JSN only played just three games, making four receptions, and was done early this season due to a hamstring injury. But as a sophomore in 2021, that's when he really made his mock on college football. In 13 games, put up one of the best seasons for a wide receiver in Big Ten history. Had 1,606 receiving yards, adding in nine touchdowns, and had a quarterback rating when targeted of 141.8. So the ball was going his way. It always worked out for the quarterback, it seems like. He had a very good Rose Bowl performance as a sophomore. He had 15 catches and also 347 receiving yards, which was a Rose Bowl record to my knowledge. Played great in the slot for the Buckeyes. Great hands, heavy playmaking ability. I have the Texans taking him here with the 12th overall pick. He's the best wide receiver in this year's draft in my eyes. And if you look at it, the Texans... Still need help in the offensive line as well. Still need a quarterback. So I have them taking Bryce Young with the second overall pick. They could go offensive line here at the 12th overall pick. They could go wide receiver. They could go defense. But I have them taking JSN here at 12th overall. As for the Texans this past offseason, they re-signed Laramie Tunsil to a three-year, $75 million deal. He is still a staple for them on their offensive line. And has been a staple for them since they traded for him with the Miami Dolphins just a few years ago now. With a 13th overall pick, I the New York Jets, who were 7-10 this past year, taking Broderick Jones, a tackle out of Georgia. 6'10", 310-pound frame. Big guy, big power. He's a baller, and the Jets could use help on the offensive line with Mekhi Beckton's injury history. And if the Jets do go get Aaron Rodgers like they're planning on it, they do need to go get offensive line help, and that's obviously a worry. Aaron Rodgers is definitely going to want protection, protection out there, so I have them taking Broderick Jones here to help out Aaron Rodgers. And Jones, six foot four, three hundred ten pound tackle. As I said, big frame. Obviously, the Jets need help on the offensive line. That can make that point. So I have them taking Jones here at thirteenth overall. Still not one hundred percent sure Rodgers will be a Jet, but I think by draft night, I think he will be a Jet. I think the Jets and the Packers are just trying to figure out what draft picks are going to be traded in this draft and in future drafts to make this trade happen. Obviously, you want to make this trade before the NFL draft since that's when Aaron Rodgers is most valuable since the Jets obviously will have to trade draft picks in this year's draft to make that deal happen. I'm sure the Packers want draft picks for right now to help their team in this upcoming season. So I have them taking Broderick Jones at 13th overall out of Georgia. And if you look at what the Jets did this offseason, they added a wide receiver, a speedy wide receiver in McCole Hodman, who was with the Chiefs. Now he's with the Jets. And I think they're going to probably go get a tackle or two in this year's draft to help out Aaron Rodgers. And adding a tackle here at 13 would be a best of both worlds for Rodgers and the Jets offense. So with the 14th overall pick, the New England Patriots, who are 8-9 and nine this past year, I have them taking a cornerback out of Penn State, and that is Joey Porter Jr. I heard the Patriots could be potentially shopping Mac Jones, which, according to reports, they were at least shopping at some point this offseason. So with the 14th overall pick, could be interesting to see what the Patriots do. I don't think they take a quarterback, but I guess you never know, considering if they were to try to trade Mac Jones, you need a quarterback to step in and fill in. I think they don't trade uh, Mac Jones. I think they're going to keep him for at least another year. With the 14th overall pick, though, I have them taking Joey Porter Jr. I'm a very big fan of his. I think he's the best quarterback in this year's draft in my eyes. Long arms, 34-inch arms, tied for the longest among defensive backs. He has a long reach to break up passes, 6'2", 193-pound frame. Only one career interception, but had 11 passes defended this past year. Could be a classic trade down here for the Patriots. I know they love trading down in every single draft. That's what Bill Belichick always does. But if they were to stay at 14, I have them taking Joey Porter Jr. Big playmaking, defensive back, agile feet as well. 
his issues this past year, though, were penalties, and that's what Bill Belichick obviously wants to stay away from in defensive backs. He's not a big fan of making mistakes, and obviously penalties can come at a cost for the defense and the Patriots overall. So we'll see what they do, but I have Joey Porter Jr. on 14th overall to the Patriots. With the 15th overall pick, I have Jordan Addison, a wide receiver out of USC going to the Green Bay Packers. The Packers this past year were 8-9. and nine. They're obviously going to trade Aaron Rodgers. We'll see what the return is, but with trading Aaron Rodgers, you need to still get help for Jordan Love. The Packers are now officially in the Jordan Love era. They took him in the 2020 draft with the 26th overall selection. It came to be a surprise to many. Most people were very shocked with this draft pick considering Aaron Rodgers ended up being MVP in 2020 and 2021. Over three seasons, he's played in just 10 games, making one start, totaling three touchdowns and three picks, also adding in a 60.2% completion percentage. We'll see what Green Bay wants to do here, but I have them taking Jordan Addison who was a very talented wide receiver, 5'11", 173-pound wideout, had a 4'4", 940 at the Combine. In 2021, at Pitt, he won the Blitnikoff Award, which is given to the nation's best wide receiver. And in that year, in 2021, he had an incredible season in 14 games, had 100 catches for 1,593 yards, adding in 15.9 yards per catch on average, with 17 touchdowns, and had a quarterback rating when targeted of 136.7. Transferred to USC as a junior, playing 11 games this past season, making 59 catches for 875 yards, averaging 14.8 yards per reception with eight touchdowns and had a quarterback rating of 139 when targeted. Great athletic receiver, deep threat with strong hands. Did have a down year this past year, which could be a worry, but I think he's the second best receiver in this year's draft. I have him going 15th overall to Green Bay. With the 16th overall pick, this pick is originally owned by Washington, but I have them trading up with Tennessee. So now Tennessee owns this pick in this draft, or in this mock draft, I should say, uh, that I've been doing here. So I have Tennessee, who was 7-10 this past year, taking offensive tackle in Peter Skaronski, a tackle out of Northwestern. The Titans do need help on the offensive line. They just released left tackle Taylor Luan. Only played in two games in 2022, just 20 games since 2020. So he hasn't really been healthy, so it's not that big of a deal that they're moving on from him. But as for Skaronsky, he played in 12 games this past year for Northwestern, giving up just three quarterback hurries and 881 snaps, giving up two quarterback hits and only one sack when playing left tackle. Has a ton of experience, has started the Wildcats every year since being a freshman. His weakness, though, is that he's not great. In, in size, he's not the biggest in arm length or wingspan, which could be a worry in the NFL in today's day, especially for tackles. You want a tackle with a long wingspan and arm span hair so you can try to, you know, obviously push the uh, defender out as far as possible from the quarterback. With a shorter wingspan, it's a little bit harder to do that. You don't have as long of a reach, and they obviously can beat you a little bit easier around the outside. So we will see what happens there, but I have the Titans taking Skaronsky, a tackle out of Northwestern here with, six, with the 16th overall pick. With a 17th overall pick, it is owned by the Pittsburgh Steelers, who were 9-8 this past year. I have them taking an offensive tackle and down outright. A 6'5", 333-pound tackle out of Tennessee. In 2022, as a senior, Wright played in 12 games, totaling 829 snaps for Tennessee, allowing just five quarterback hurries, giving up just two quarterback hits and no sacks when playing right tackle. Has a ton of experience. His production technique has improved every single year. Last year, he didn't give up a single sack despite playing 507 passing snaps, which is very impressive. Good technique. Definitely needs to get a little bit better with balance. But Pittsburgh does need help on their offensive line. Obviously, they took a quarterback in last year's draft in the first round of Kenny Pickett. And they need to have some protection for him on the offensive line. So I have them taking... 
a tackle, Donnell Wright, out of Tennessee here with the 17th overall selection. With the 18th overall pick, the Detroit Lions, who were 9-8 this past year. Either taking a safety out of Alabama, that is Brian Branch. With this pick, though, I was torn between a tight end and Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame, and also Brian Brzee, uh, a defensive tackle out of Clemson, and also Lucas Van Ness, an edge rusher out of Iowa. But ultimately, I came to the conclusion that Detroit wants to add to their secondary. They got C.J. Gardner-Johnson. They got Christian Gonzalez in my mock draft here. They got C.J. Gardner-Johnson in free agency. I've been bolstering their secondary even more, and I've been taking Brian Branch here. A six-foot, 190-pound safety who played in 12 games this past year for Alabama, adding 63 tackles and six pass breakups with one interception and also gave up a 75.5 quarterback rating when targeted, which is much better than he was doing in years past. He also added in six pressures and two sacks on the year when he was pass rushing, which is impressive as well. Very versatile player who can also punt return and tackle. He's a very good tackler. Probably the best in-zone coverage. Very good ball skills. Definitely needs to eliminate penalties. Does get charged every now and then with the holding call so he needs to get a little bit better with that but i have branch going to detroit with the 18th overall pick with the 19th overall pick i have the Tampa Bay buccaneers who are eight and nine this past year taking a defensive tackle in brian brzee out of clemson a six foot six 298 pound defensive tackle in 2022 brzee played in nine games with clemson adding in eight tackles he also added in 21 total pressures, 15 quarterback hurries, four quarterback hits, and two sacks in those nine games. He's a monster on the defensive line with superior strength and size. A worry, though, is that he did tear his ACL in 2021 and definitely needs to become a more consistent pass rusher and also become a little bit more of a force in the run game, which he wasn't as big this past year in the run game for Clemson. Only played in nine games, but definitely probably need a little bit more production to be the top 10 to 15 pick that most people saw him being when he was a freshman at Clemson. But I have him going 19th overall here to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. With the 20th overall pick, I have the Seattle Seahawks with 9-8 this past year taking a quarterback, and that is Hendon Hooker, quarterback out of Tennessee. Hooker is a six foot three, two hundred seventeen pound quarterback. The issue with Hooker, though, is that he did just tear his ACL at the end of this past season, which definitely will hurt his draft stock. I thought he could have been in the conversation with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud during the season. He was my favorite quarterback among the quarterbacks going to be selected in the top ten between Levis, Richardson, Stroud, Young. I like Hooker the most, but that knee injury is definitely a concern. He's my favorite quarterback in this year's draft, besides Louisville quarterback Malik Cunningham. The biggest fan of Cunningham. I'm excited to see where he ends up in the NFL draft. But the 20th overall selection, I have Hooker going to Seattle. In 2022, as a senior, Hooker played in 11 games, had 3,135 passing yards with a completion percentage of 69.2%. Very accurate quarterback, had a 9.5 yards per pass on average, adding in 27 passing touchdowns and a quarterback rating of 123.9%. He also was good on the ground, dual threat quarterback, had 129 carries for five rushing touchdowns and 786 yards at an average of 6.1 yards per carry. The issue, though, with him is obviously the knee injury, and then he's also 25 years old, which could be wary for teams, but I'm a big fan of him. Great playmaking quarterback with a live arm, has a ton of experience making starts across five seasons for Virginia Tech and Tennessee. 58 touchdowns to five interceptions in two years for the Vols in 24 games. Also adding in 10 rushing touchdowns, so 68 total touchdowns for him in two seasons with Tennessee. Could be the most talented quarterback in my eyes in this year's draft. Elite arm, dual threat, moves very well, has good speed, holds onto the ball for too long, which could be a concern for some scouts. But that is obviously something you can improve upon in the NFL. He's my favorite quarterback among the guys who are going to be selected in the first round. I think he could be a future star in a steal in the draft. 
in the first round, especially considering Seattle, obviously, they did just pay Geno Smith on a three-year deal. But I think if you look at it, I think they're probably looking to build for the future still, and it wouldn't hurt taking a quarterback like Hendon Hooker and building for the future around him. Let him sit behind Geno Smith for a year and change, and then maybe you move Geno Smith in a year or so and try to get some draft capital back for him. So we'll see what Seattle does, but I have him... I have them taking Hendon Hooker here with the 20th overall pick. The 20th overall pick was, I think, originally uh, supposed to be the Miami Dolphins, but they forfeited that pick due to tampering. So everyone behind Miami moves up a pick. So with the 20th overall selection, I have the Seahawks taking Hendon Hooker, quarterback out of Tennessee. So next up is the 21st overall pick, and that is the Los Angeles Chargers, who were 10-7 this past year. I have them taking a tight end out of Notre Dame, and that's Michael Mayer, adding another weapon to the offense for Justin Herbert. They do have some moving pots, though. This past offseason, they restructured the contracts of wide receiver Michael Williams. They also restructured the contract of wide receiver Keenan Allen. Running back Austin Eckler did request a trade this offseason. He's looking for a long-term commitment on a new deal, and who knows what the Chargers are going to do with that. But they do have some moving pots on that offense. This probably is the last season they run with Keenan Allen out there as a wide receiver. So we'll see what they ultimately choose to do. I do have them taking another playmaker here for... Justin Herbert, Mayer, six foot four, two hundred fifty pound tight end, great pass catching tight end with great upside blocking as well. Sixty seven catches for eight hundred nine yards and nine touchdowns this past season for the Irish. Very good pass blocker and very good pass catcher as well. I think it'd be a great addition to the Chargers offense. With the twenty second overall pick, I have the Baltimore Ravens who are ten and seven this past year, taking wide receiver Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Shifty, big playmaking wide receiver with great upside. Five foot nine, one hundred eighty-two pound wideout. A little bit on the smaller side, but has electric playmaking ability. Did drop a few balls over the middle, but has good hands. Not great hands, good hands, I should say. I take him personally around 30 to 35 but i don't think the ravens are going to let him go past 22 here he's a home run hitting wide receiver can make you swing and miss on tackles in the open field had 78 catches for 1077 yards this past season in 12 touchdowns had seven punt returns of 43 yards as well stepped in day one as a freshman at bc and was making plays credit to steve adazio for recruiting him was a smaller recruit but ends up becoming one of the best players in bc history and had the most historic season for a bc wide receiver ever Finished his career as BC's all-time leader in career receptions with 200. Also, his first in career receiving yards with 3,056. And first in career receiving touchdowns with 29. He was a 2022 All-ACC first-team wide receiver. Set the BC single-season mark in receiving touchdowns with 12. Is tied for the single-season record with 78 receptions and also produced the third most receiving yards in a single season in bc history this past year with 1077 yards can get the ball out of the backfield could be a gadget guy in the nfl similar to debo samuel also very similar to like a wandale robinson of the giants Kadarius tony small wide receivers that can line up in the backfield or come in motion and get jet sweeps and also make plays over the middle he could be similar to a tyree kill as well smaller size like tyree kill has electric speed that obviously every time they touch the ball, anything can happen. They can score a touchdown any time that the ball is in their hands. Similar to Debo Samuel, as I said, and also could line up in the backfield in the NFL. We will see what happens. Uh, I think he could be a gadget guy in the NFL, and I think he could, he could be potentially the best wide receiver in this year's draft considering his big playmaking ability. I do think Addison, though, and Jackson Smith and Jigba are a little bit safer of prospects considering 
they didn't drop the ball as much as Zay Zay. Did have a few drops over the middle. His drop rate isn't the best, but was a big playmaking wide receiver at BC. I've always been a fan of him since day one at BC. Obviously, I go to BC, so got to see a lot of his games here. And he's the best player BC's had over the last four years. Very talented. I mean, every single time the ball was in his hands, you know you had to watch since anything could happen. He could take the ball to the house at any second. And I think he could be very good on this Baltimore offense. We will see what happens with Lamar Jackson. The Ravens did just sign Odell Beckham Jr. on a one-year $18 million deal with $15 million guaranteed. They, they obviously jumped the gun to sign Odell. Odell was supposed to meet with the Jets that same day he signed with the Ravens. On the way to meeting with the Jets, the Baltimore Ravens busted gave him a call, jumped the gun, signed him on a one-year $18 million deal. And I don't think that Odell Beckham Jr. would go to Baltimore without knowing that Lamar Jackson will be there for the future. And obviously, he posted on Twitter a FaceTime call screenshot between him and Lamar Jackson. So I think Lamar will be staying. And I think Lamar Jackson, Odell Beckham Jr., and Zay Flowers would be a great wide receiver, wide receiver, quarterback duo. I think it would be a fun time to watch those guys go at it every single Sunday for Baltimore. And obviously, they need wide receiver help. They need wide receiver help. Adding Odell Beckham Jr. is not enough. Lamar Jackson still needs more help. Besides Mark Andrews, the tight end, Lamar really, really hasn't had much consistency among his wide receivers, among guys he can really trust. There's not really many there besides Mark Andrews. So adding in a guy like Zay Flowers would be great for their offense, and I'd be excited to see him in that Baltimore system. So next up, with the 23rd overall pick, I have the Minnesota Vikings, who were 13-4 this past year, taking a wide receiver out of TCU, and that is Quinton Johnston, a 6'3", 208-pound wide receiver who ran a 4'49", 40-yard dash. Big deep threat that can bring down the 50-50 balls that Minnesota needs. Does not have the best hands, definitely can drop a target a game, which could make him drop a little bit in the draft. As a junior, though, in 2022 for the Horned Frogs, he had... 53 catches and 901 yards and five touchdowns and had a quarterback rating when targeted of 103.1, which is very impressive. They do need another wide receiver in Minnesota with them moving on from Adam Thielen. Thielen ends up signing a three-year $25 million deal with Carolina. So Minnesota is looking for another wide receiver to pair with Justin Jefferson and KJ Osborne. And I have them taking a wide receiver out of TCU here in Quinton Johnston who would definitely spread the field for them and help them in the red zone, considering he's the biggest receiver in this year's draft, the most physical 6'3", 208 pounds, and also can run a 4'49", which is impressive for a bigger guy. So the next pick, it is the Jacksonville Jaguars with the 24th overall selection. They were 9-8 this past year, and I have them taking a cornerback out of South Carolina, and that is Cam Smith. Cam Smith, 6'1", 180-pound corner who ran a 4'4", 340-yard dash. He's not afraid to make tackles in the run game. He's a lockdown corner that plays very aggressive and physical, and that's something that Jacksonville needs in their secondary. In 2022, for South Carolina, Smith played in 11 games, 591 snaps, making 20 tackles, adding in six pass breakups, an interception, and a 71.3 quarterback rating when targeted. In 2021, though, he gave him a quarterback rating of 36.5 when targeted. So that's very impressive. Did have somewhat of a down year this past year, though. But if you look at Jackson, they need help in that secondary. They could even go wide receiver here to help out Trevor Lawrence. But I think if you look at it, Calvin Ridley was an acquisition of theirs at the trade deadline this past year from Atlanta. He's going to step in and probably probably be the wide receiver one slash two next to Christian Kirk. I imagine Kirk is still the wide receiver one. Ridley will be the wide receiver two. I don't think they need to go wide receiver here. They could even go offensive line to help out Trevor Lawrence. I think... Wide receiver is less of a need. I think offensive line and secondary is a bigger need for Jacksonville. So I have them taking a cornerback 
named Cam Smith here with the 24th overall pick. With the 25th overall pick, it is the New York Giants who are 9-7-1 this past year. And I have them taking a cornerback out of Maryland, and that is Deontay Banks. I originally had the Giants taking a safety in Brian Branch out of Alabama here, but I ended up having him going 18th overall to the Detroit Lions. The Giants do love their Alabama defensive backs. Xavier McKinney, Landon Collins, Aaron Robinson, all were former Alabama defensive backs. Aaron Robinson was a transfer, though, from Alabama to UCF. So the Giants drafted him. He was out of UCF. But the Giants do love their Alabama defensive backs. So I thought if Brian Branch is still potentially here, they could go with him with the 25th overall pick to try to fill the hole that Julian Love leaves them with since he just ended up going to Seattle in free agency, which is obviously a loss for the Giants. So as for Banks, out of Maryland, I think it fit very well in the Giants' defensive system. Wink Martindale loves to blitz. And this is a cornerback that's very good in-man coverage. Six-foot, 197-pound cornerback. He's very good at tackling. Probably the best at the cornerback position in this year's draft among tacklers. In 2022, in 12 games for Maryland, he played 680 snaps, making 29 tackles, adding in nine pass breakups, one interception, and gave up a 71.4 quarterback rating when targeted. He had a 4.35 40-yard dash, did very well at the combine. Very great press cornerback, which would work very well with Wink Martindale's system. Wink Martindale loves to blitz, and he needs good press cornerbacks to slow wide receivers down, especially when you're blitzing with no safeties over the top, and the Middle is wide open. You need guys at the quarterback position that are good in-press coverage that can jam the wide receiver and get them off of their route just for a second or two to try to let that pass rush get in there. I think Banks would be great in this giant system. He only had two career interceptions, though, for Maryland in their defensive backfield. Not a big ball hawk, but I think overall could be a good player for the Giants with the 25th overall pick. With the 26th overall pick of the Dallas Cowboys, who are 12-5 this past year, taking an edge rusher out of Iowa, and that is Lucas Van Ness. Never started a game in Iowa, but had a ton of success in situational pass rushing. Has an elite spin move, which I think could translate well at the next level. Seven sacks, nine quarterback hurries in 2022. He did struggle against cut blocks, which is something he has to find a way around in the NFL. But has very good quickness off of the line of scrimmage, good athleticism, and would be a great addition to an already dangerous defensive line that includes Micah Parsons and De- Demarcus Lawrence. I think that defensive line's already good to go. But considering you could add another pass rusher in there and make that defensive line even better, I don't think you can ever have too many pass rushes, especially in today's NFL, which is all about passing. You want to try to hit the quarterback and try to limit the time they have to look downfield. So the quicker you get to the quarterback, the less time they have to get the ball downfield. And obviously, if you have another pass rusher in, it's going to be hard for an offensive line to stop Van Ness, Parsons, and Lawrence. He never started a game for Iowa, though, which could be somewhat of a concern, but did play very well, though, in the snaps he did get. With a 27th overall pick, I have the Buffalo Bills taking a running back in B. John Robinson out of Texas. The Bills has passed you with 13-3. Like the Eagles, both teams are good on both sides of the ball. They don't really have too many holes, so they can take a risk at a running back. Like I was talking about, the Eagles could be potentially taking B. John Robinson with the 10th overall pick. If Bijan falls to the Buffalo Bills here with the 27th overall selection, I don't think they let him buy the 27th overall pick. I think they take him at 27. Bijan, one of my favorite players in this year's draft, would make the Bills' offense even more dangerous. Obviously, they have Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Josh Allen, Dawson Knox. They already have a ton of talent on offense. I think if you add in a guy like Bijan Robinson, their run game is going to become even better. Obviously, you have Josh Allen, but imagine some options with Josh Allen and Bijan Robinson. I mean, that's going to be really hard to stop for an NFL defense. I think Bijan Robinson is probably one of the best players in this year's draft. Just the running back position isn't as valuable, though, as the cornerback quarterback 
offensive line, edge rushing position. So that's why I think Bijan could fall a little bit in this year's draft. But if he's there 27th overall, that is an absolute steal for the Buffalo Bills. Bijan this past year for Texas, 1,580 rushing yards, adding in 18 rushing touchdowns. Had 314 receiving yards out of the backfield and two receiving touchdowns. Adding in three tackles as well. So he obviously shows hustle. Whenever there's a turnover, he's going to try to make a tackle and prevent a touchdown. So that's impressive too that he obviously plays with a lot of aggressiveness and hustle. If there is a turnover, he doesn't just walk off the field like most skilled players do. He actually tries to go make a tackle and try to stop the defense from scoring whenever there's an interception or a fumble return. So Bijan, 5'11, 215 pound back, 446, 40 yard dash. Unreal ability to make plays and break tackles. Very hard to bring down with his power and his agility. He won the Doak Walker Award in 2022. Has 18 career 100-yard rushing games, including a streak of seven straight games, which is the third longest in Texas football history. His 33 career touchdowns in his career for Texas is actually the third most among any player for Texas in their program history as well. So very impressive and productive back in college, and I am excited to see where he goes in this year's NFL draft. With the 28th overall pick, I have the Cincinnati Bengals, who are 12-4 and this past year, taking a tight end. And I have them taking tight end Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. Although I would love Cincinnati to take an offensive lineman here to help out Joe Burrow, I think Kincaid could be the best player available here. And if you look at his size, 6'4", 246 pound, pass-catching tight end. Played very well as a 50th senior in 2022 for Utah. Played in 12 games for the Utes this past year with 70 catches, 890 yards, making 12.7 yards per reception on average and at eight touchdowns and also had a 115.4 quarterback rating when targeted. And also in pass protection, gave up no pressures and surrendered no sacks. He's actually the active career leader among tight ends in the FBS with 2,484 receiving yards and 35 receiving touchdowns. Very big playmaking, pass-catching tight end. Very good pass-catcher who plays more like a wide receiver. Big build who can use his feet well in routes. Not the strongest of tight ends, but I think he would make that Cincinnati Bengals offense even more dynamic with Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow. We will see what they end up choosing to do, and that's Cincinnati, what they end up choosing to do with Joe Mixon. But as of now, Mixon's there, and I think with Kincaid, that offense would become even more electric. Like B. John Robinson's addition, to the Buffalo Bills offense in this mock draft of mine. So I think both guys would make both offenses even more dynamic and even harder for an NFL defense to cover. With the 29th overall pick out of the New Orleans Saints taking an edge rusher, and that is Nolan Smith out of Georgia. Smith only played in eight games due to a torn peck this past year, but he was brilliant when he was on the field for the Bulldogs. As for the Saints, they need help on defense, and I think Smith would be great. Smith was a star at the Combine. He was the star of day one at the Combine. And really improved his draft stock in day one. Six foot two, 238 pounds as an edge rusher. Ran a 439 40-yard dash with a combine record 10-yard split for an edge rusher. And that was a 1.52 second split, which is, as I said, a 10-yard split uh, record for the NFL combine among edge rushes. Also at a 41.5-inch vertical. So he obviously showed a lot of athleticism at the combine and had an elite performance overall at the combine between the broad jump the 40-yard dash, the vertical, everything was very impressive. So I think he only helped his draft stock through the combine, even though he did miss some games this past year. He was on the sidelines with the Georgia Bulldogs. It was kind of like a defensive assistant for them, obviously showing them what he sees from the sidelines. He's telling them, hey, blitz here, blitz there, step back in coverage, do this, do that. 
He did obviously have a little experience doing that and helping them out, so it shows that he's a good leader. Has good speed. Not the best of pass rushes, though, due to size. Only six foot two, 238, but can contribute in coverage and also plays very hard. I like him to go 29th here to the New Orleans Saints, and this pick is the San Francisco 49ers pick, which the Saints currently own. With the 30th overall pick, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles were 14-3 this past year, taking defensive tackle Kalijah Kansi out of Pittsburgh. Kansi, a little bit on the undersized uh, side, could be reasons for concern at just six foot one, 281 pounds. But he has great toughness, uses his hands very well. In 2022, for Pitt, he played 11 games, making 19 tackles, adding in 47 pressures and 30 quarterback hurries with nine quarterback hits and eight sacks on the year. He had nine sacks as a sophomore in 2021, which was very impressive. I think he can make the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line even stronger. They're bringing back Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham on smaller deals. I think if you bring back those two guys and even add in a guy like Kalaja Kansi, he could step in there and make a difference with them losing J- Javon Hargrove. That's obviously a loss, but I think uh, Kansi could step in there and make a difference for Philadelphia's defensive line. And then with the 31st overall pick, the last pick of the first round, as I said, Miami doesn't have a first-round pick in this year's draft due to tampering, so there's only 31 picks in this year's first round. I have the Kansas City Chiefs, who are 14-3 this past year and won the Super Bowl. I have them taking a god in Osiris Torrance out of Florida here with the 31st overall selection. They added former wide receiver for the New York Giants, Richie James, this offseason. They also added in former Florida tackle, Jawan Taylor. They did lose a wide receiver in Juju Smith-Schuster to the Patriots. I think they could potentially take Zay Flowers if he is here at the 31st overall pick, which would make this offense ridiculous to see. He's like, in addition to the offense, like Tyree Kill, just adds a ton of speed and playmaking ability. And obviously, they don't have Tyree Kill anymore. They traded him to Miami, and they're still looking for a wide receiver one. And obviously, Juju Smith-Schuster wasn't that wide receiver one. He is moving on and going to the Patriots. They lost Miko Hodman to the Jets, so there's another wide receiver gone. So the Chiefs could potentially go with the wide receiver here. If Zay Flowers is there, they could take him. They could take Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. Very good and great playmaking wide receiver. But as for the Chiefs right now, they did lose their starting right tackle, Andrew Wiley, to the Commanders. They also lost defensive end Frank Clark. They lost Carlos Dunlap, a defensive lineman they picked up this past season. They lost left tackle Orlando Brown. So they have a lot of losses on their offensive line and defensive line. But I have them taking Osiris Torrance here, who played in 334 pass-blocking snaps this past year, giving up just eight hurries, giving up eight hurries overall. And they are two of those to Georgia defensive lineman Jalen Carter. And he held his own for the most part against Carter, which is very impressive. I think Torrance would be a great addition to the Kansas City Chiefs offense since they need offensive line help, losing two starting offensive linemen. Torrance would be a great addition. And they could even go wide receiver here. If Hyatt's still there, if Zay Flowers is there, I think the Chiefs could go wide receiver at 31 overall. So anyways, that will conclude this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it and hope you guys have a good one. I will be back live on air on Tuesday night from 7 to 8 p.m. on WZBC AM Sports Radio. Thank you guys for always listening. It's much appreciated and I hope you guys have a good one. Thank you.